Here's a question. Is it possible to save the DCEU? Well, it looks like the Snyder Cut might certainly give it a try, but will it be enough? This is We Understood That Reference. I'm Claiborne. And I'm Nikhil. So today we're leaving behind the MCU and will for the first time ever on this podcast devote an entire episode to a DC property. We've been wanting to get into the DC movies here for a while, and so uh, recent news uh, maybe has given us a pretty good opportunity to do that. The recent news being the release of the Snyder Cut, which is the talk of the town right now. But I guess first off, what is the Snyder Cut? So the Snyder Cut is Zack Snyder's original vision for the Justice League. So Zack Snyder is the director of Man of Steel, the first Superman movie that kicked off the DCEU, uh, DC Extended Universe of like interconnected DC movies. And um, his follow-up to that was Batman versus Superman. And uh, after that, he was planning on having a Justice League movie and potentially a sequel to that. But uh, the reviews and the reception, both critical and commercial, for Batman v Superman was so mixed and so divided and so controversial that um, halfway through the production of Justice League, Warner Brothers decided to change course. They brought on uh, Joss Whedon, who was the director of the Avengers, and uh, he finished up the movie. And the end product was something that everybody hated. DC fans hated it. Uh, it was box office bomb. Uh, critics hated it. And ever since then, there's been a campaign online called Release the Snyder Cut, which has been going on for two and a half years. And that's kind of... De- fans demanding that Warner Brothers release the um, Zack Snyder's original vision for Justice League because most of the movie was shot and um, he was kind of pulled off the project late in the game. So most of it was shot by Snyder. He was still attached, still involved, shot most of the movie. Mm -hmm. That's right. And they brought on Whedon. Correct, yeah. And um, he kind of picked it apart did a whole bunch of reshoots, and according to Zack Snyder, about 25% of the movie we got is um, his footage, and 75% is uh, Joss Whedon's. So Snyder was on Man of Steel full, uh, fully. Right. Uh, Batman v Superman, also his entirely. No, um, mm-hmm. possibly some notes from the studio or something like that. But generally, you know, he, his, it was his vision. Right. But then Justice League comes out. He's already shooting it, shooting most of it, in fact. Mm-hmm. Then that's when they decide to pull it from him. Right. And they decide to pull it from him because of Batman v Superman or something else? Uh, in large part. In, in large part because of the reception of that movie. And um, they were already kind of, they had already started production uh, on Justice League when um, Batman v Superman came out. So that, you know, the train was already moving when they decided to change course. Mm-hmm. Because Justice League was you know, naturally a, uh, a follow-up to the Batman v Superman one. Uh, it flows right into you know, getting things off, kicked, kicked off with Justice League, setting that up. Mm-hmm. So right. uh, you know, I guess it makes sense for the, the film crew, the same crew to uh, continue in that regard. Mm-hmm. But I guess you know, the question is, um, was Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, were they, were they, were they good movies? Uh, well, I think they were very controversial movies. I think that even just you and I have talked about these movies uh, more than any other, uh, just because they are so controversial. And so, um, you know, even though 
you didn't like it, you love talking about it, or at least I do. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, there was certainly some potential there, particularly with Batman v Superman. I think I mentioned this to you before was my favorite part of that movie. And who knows, maybe this is the um, Justice League I'm thinking of. I don't know. But I just remember uh, whenever they had the apocalypse, the post-apocalyptic Batman uh, and Superman, that -hmm. was entertaining. I think that might have been Justice League, though. Well, so that was, I think that was the dream sequence in Batman v Superman, which was supposed to lead into Justice League. And that was the big foreshadowing. And then a lot of that was really cut in in what we got in the, the Justice League movie. Yeah. And see, that's that's my problem right now with these these two movies in particular. I think Man of Steel to some, uh, in, in some respect, but definitely Batman v Superman and um, Justice League because of the course, because of course they have both. Uh, Superman and Batman in them. They're the kind of similar tone, similar style, uh, even, right. I guess, with Whedon coming in and making some changes, uh, other than, I don't know, maybe adding the Martha thing. Like, what? how much did he really change? <laughs> uh, because at the end of the day, Justice League, to me, felt very much like Batman v Superman, so much so that even now, I couldn't tell you which scene came from which movie if I were to see them, other than I think Justice League certainly had more uh, like like Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if either of them, I think Wonder Woman might've made an appearance in Batman v Superman at the end. She did. Yes. Okay. So if you showed me a clip that didn't have Aquaman or Wonder Woman, Mm -hmm. I would not know what, which movie was from. Oh, okay. Because they do seem very similar. Do you, do you, do you disagree? Are they, are they not very similar? Well, I think aesthetically they are. I think tonally they're very different. And I think that's one of the reasons, um, there was such a backlash towards Justice League. I think that Batman v Superman carried that like darker tone was more mm-hmm. self-serious, whereas Justice League kind of brought in um, that kind of lighter tone that, that you see more in, in the Marvel movies. And I think that's one of the reasons um, fans like really hated Justice League. It, it kind of added insult to injury mm-hmm. because um, you know Marvel is very successful, but DC is, is its own thing. It has its own tone and it has its own brand. And um, you tried to make a DC movie into a Marvel movie. And um, DC movies really shine when they're like DC movies, like Joker or The Dark Knight, when you know they're yeah. allowed to be whatever they are supposed to be. That's when they're, they're really good. But when they try and be something that they're not, sometimes they fail. But sometimes yeah. like with Aquaman, they, <laughs> they do succeed. Yeah, well, you know, that was, that was all Nicole Kidman, right? Yeah, she carried yeah. that movie. <laughs> um, so you said that, you know, obviously they, they pulled the movie from him because of the reception of Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. So is this the reception in terms of you know, uh, fans and critics, how they felt about the movie or purely down to numbers in box office? I think both. I think that the, the box office for the movie wasn't uh, where they wanted it to be. And that given the critical reception, uh, it's not the critical reception and the mostly the fan response, you kind of knew that, you know, it was losing momentum. Yeah. Fans really weren't excited about the direction they were going. That's the confusing part then is if, if fans didn't like Batman v Superman, are these the same fans now that are clamoring for the Snyder cut of Justice League? No, those are the people who loved Batman v Superman. And there are a lot of people. Okay, so the the idea is that they're they're just not enough people to drive the box office, and there's maybe too many people who didn't like Batman v Superman. True, but the people who did like it are very loud and very vocal. Yeah, and maybe more hardcore DC fans. Yes, definitely. Whereas um, perhaps more mainstream audiences who possibly are more familiar with the MCU and enjoy that tone a bit more. 
mm-hmm. and probably you know are are more in number certainly in terms of um, dollar bills in the wallets. Exactly. Uh, and that's what the studio executives are probably seeing, and they're saying you know we want this to be the mainstream superhero movie franchise that Marvel is, and that's really not the direction that Snyder was going in with. Um, Man of Steel and certainly Batman v Superman. Exactly. It kind of ties back in with our podcast from last week where it's uh, fans versus mainstream audiences. Yeah. And you really need to get the mainstream on board if you're going to make the, you know, billion, yeah. you know, get billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. So in, in one sense, it seems like then DC's mistake is, is really trying to make it this uh, mainstream franchise because that's not what it was intended to be from the beginning. And, you know, it sounds to me like it, it would almost be a better idea, obviously, now with um, Wonder Woman and Aquaman, who have been received well, it, mm-hmm. it, you kind of wouldn't want to reboot the whole thing. Right. But really, they should kind of soft reboot it. I would say, you know, replace replace Superman, replace Batman, pretend none of that even happened uh, as much as you can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you can create that mainstream, more MCU-like franchise. And then still side by side, there's no reason you can't still give, um, you know, Snyder or, you know, that kind of Snyder tone mm-hmm. to uh, these individual movies like a, like a Joker type of movie or, uh, you know, a movie about Batman that could be kind of separate from it. I guess they don't, you know, they don't want to, um, you know, cannibalize all their properties with each other. But I can see, you know, you, you can't kind of do both. You can't you can't do the dark brooding Batman Superman movies. Uh, that really play towards the the hardcore fans, but you also can't uh, you can't do that, and then also do the mainstream uh, popcorn MCU type movies. Right, and I think that I mean this is something that Marvel has accomplished, but it it's it's a difficult task to like weave in all the different tones because like some mm-hmm. of the DC characters are light, are they're colorful, and that and they have a lighter tone, and then others, specifically Batman, are darker, yeah, more serious, more brooding, like you. Said. And and I think you know for Batman it, it makes sense like Batman has to me has always been kind of dark brooding uh, and that makes sense. Superman on the other hand I think that probably is what turned me off most about the um, the whole DCEU. It started right. with Superman. I've never you know personally I don't like Superman just in general. I think he's a tough superhero to um, to write for because you know ultimately he's 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 god basically you know he's indestructible he's he's mr perfect not just in terms of um you know strength and uh invincibility mm-hmm. but even in terms of personality you know he's always he's always the good guy he never does anything wrong right. and so that can be very very boring uh very te- right. tedious and it kind of takes away the stakes um so you do see superman uh being a little bit more campy at times um in the, like the old school Superman mm-hmm. uh, movies, yeah. uh, a lot more colorful, a lot more, you know, heroic and kind of uh, old school super superhero-y. Right. Whereas Batman, you know, you can certainly, obviously, you know, he's had his fair share of camp, but at the same time, Batman works really well uh, when you go when you go dark and brooding. But to me, the playing up the whole, uh, you know, I'm I'm a poor orphan landed on this planet, and, mm-hmm. and I'm sad and depressed too. But also, you mm-hmm. know, I'm the god of this whole universe, and nobody can stop me. Right. that it just it doesn't really i don't know there's something off about it and uh i you know I, I don't really i hate to kind of blame the actor because you know obviously he's just playing it as it's scripted mm-hmm. uh but i think in to, to me it's kind of intertwined now that's how i see superman is this guy i forget his name um but you know he he's the one that reloads his arms in that mission impossible movie right oh henry cowell yeah, Henry Cavill. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, like he, I, I'm sure he could have played it differently, 
but right now just the, his his version of it is sort of mm-hmm. um you know in my mind now as that's superman uh, and um you know it just it just doesn't feel right like let batman be dark and brooding superman let him be you know the the hero right and that's kind of the cool part of it like they're two sides of the same coin like um metropolis is, is new york by day and gotham is like new york by night mm-hmm. two sides of the same martha yeah <laughs> right oh that was like the scene that that really um irritated a lot of people but go, going back to what you were saying about superman being kind of a boy scout mm-hmm. and not to add insult or injury here but like marvel did it you know with captain america they made captain america who's kind of a similar character enough like goody two shoes you know mr boy scout yeah and they made him like a very interesting character they made him the heart and soul of the mcu mm-hmm. um and they were able to kind of accomplish that and i think dc has done it too um uh, do you remember do you remember smallville back on the uh the cw I, I i know of it i've never i never watched it oh okay well they kind of succeeded in making superman like a human character and more interesting yeah i guess i guess that's why i never was interested in smallville because because again, the superhero, the Superman problem of, um, you know, do I would you want to watch? You know, you look at the Bible for instance, and Jesus basically goes from being born to then being the savior of mankind. You know, you don't you don't hear about his teenage years, and I think there's a good reason for that because ultimately, like he's Jesus. You know, you don't want to see him complaining uh, to his dad about you know why why can't I drive yet? You know, I'm I'm 15. Why do I have to wait till I'm 16 to get a permit? <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's very human. It doesn't uh-huh. translate when you're God, and uh, that's the kind of that Superman problem. So it, it just he, the whole premise to me kind of turned me off from the beginning. Uh, so I never got into Smallville. This would be a great show. I think we should pitch that to the CW. <laughs> yeah, superhero Jesus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as a teenager. Yeah. Um, so, do you think though that the the Snyder Cut is is it going to address any uh, real issues? Is it going to make for like a better um, movie uh ultimately or is it more of just kind of a gimmick to promote what is it hbo max um no i don't think it's a gimmick for hbo max i think it's very beneficial to hbo max and i think that it'll help like the dceu well the beneficial to the bottom line is what i i mean and that's what i'm saying is like a gimmick is there like creative value in this endeavor other than maybe pleasing a handful of fans who just you know wanted to see you know Mm -hmm. extended scenes so to speak is this going to really save the story of Superman and Batman and the Justice League? And kind of, um, if you were to go back, you know, 20 years from now, go back and watch all the DCEU EU movies, and, uh, you know, instead of Justice League, you watch this Snyder Cut in its place. Um, you know, it'd be like if somebody released a, a hidden version of Iron Man 2. And the question is, does it make the MCU better? if you watch that version replacing the old one? Well, I think the, the first thing that it'll do is it'll, I mean, the it'll remove like this ghost that's and this like cloud that's been hanging over the DCEU. I think that a lot of fa- fans feel wronged by the way that Justice League turned out. And I think that by giving them what um, they were looking for in, in the beginning, like what their expectations were, mm-hmm. I think that that'll kind of... Um, bring the fan base around because right now you have a very divided fan base you have a fan base that's not super excited about um justice league i mean they didn't show up for for that movie it made 200 million domestic um, so this might get them back in the in the seats for future movies i think so and i think that it's, it's sort of like a mea culpa here it's like a right you know we're, we're sorry these uh 
we've kind of angered our, our, our hardcore fans, but if this is an apology that they accept, then they'll start, you know, uh, buying movie tickets again. Exactly. And then you can kind of finally move on from this, from all this drama. And do the hardcore fans appreciate Aquaman and, um, Wonder Woman? Like, I know Wonder Woman's pretty big mm-hmm. and, um, it seems like I think that one probably bridges the gap a bit better. Uh, Aquaman, on the other hand, just, just, just knowing kind of the history of Aquaman there, I think, you know, he's always been kind of a joke character <laughs> anyway. They certainly changed that, uh-huh. uh, for this, for the, the, the movies, um, but I would still wonder if, like these hardcore fans, Aquaman's certainly a, a much more out there kind of silly almost character, and the way he plays it himself, there's a lot of humor there. But it's 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 almost like Thor-like humor. It's not you know slapstick or anything like that. But it's a little goofy. It's a little off kilter, and uh, and then just the whole you know obviously the whole the whole premise of Aquaman that he's mm-hmm. you know this he talks to fish and everything, and there's these other <laughs> um, uh, I guess villages of ancient. Uh, fish people or whatever they might be right. uh, i forget the specifics of their of it but um is that something that these hardcore fans like so even if they you know get the snyder cut they're happy with that and then moving forward whether or not um, batman and superman are replaced ultimately by the actors because i'm not sure if they're coming back but if they were to have another um you know batman movie that's set in this universe with um ben affleck or someone else would they still um you know, will it, will it fit into this new direction or has that direction changed so much that sort of what's coming now, um, the Snyder cut, is just basically, you know, so different that those same fans, will they, will they even go along for the ride anymore? Yeah. I think what, like what they have planned currently going forward is, is very different than Snyder's vision. I think the, the Snyder cut is going to put like a definite, a definitive, uh, and to like, Zack Snyder's vision, like Zack Snyder's tone, and um, I think that it'll also put an end to like uh, Ben Affleck's Batman, yeah. Because uh, they're making a new Batman movie called um, The Batman, that's going to be starring um, uh, oh the vampire, the, right? The guy from Twilight, yeah. What's his name? Oh shoot, um, uh, he was from the Lighthouse, not uh, Patterson, right? Robert. Oh, we should know this. Robert What's Pattinson. Uh, Robert Patterson. Yeah, I think Robert it's Pattinson. 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 Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So, but that's what. So, yeah. I've heard that they that they were going to change Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't heard much about Superman. I don't really know what's going on there. But I, I kind of wouldn't see the same actor continuing, particularly because oh. they um, cut his head off in Shazam. <laughs> so <laughs> it seems been... like you know if they. But you can't. You can't have. You, know, you can't have Justice League without Superman, right? Well, there's been a lot of development about that exact subject in the last week. So Henry Cavill is in talks with Warner Brothers to return as Superman, mm-hmm. but uh, they're they're reportedly bringing him back in smaller roles. So he'll have like cameos in um, uh, like Shazam two and like Black Adam and some of the other movies that are coming down the line. Not exactly like a Man of Steel two. Yeah. Um, but Henry Cavill is coming back in a smaller capacity. That might be nice. Just make him. Um... You know, more of a he's he's the unseen leader of the Justice League, mm-hmm. I guess, not really getting uh, not really getting his hands dirty with the, all of the, the work there. Maybe he's handling more of the, the galactic threats or something and letting uh, letting Batman clean up uh, the street thugs. He's going to be the Nick Fury of the DCEU. <laughs> yeah, uh, I still kind of think, you know, they, they really should change the Superman character a bit more. I would like to see him more like like you were saying, like a Captain America, because mm-hmm. that's who he is kind of in my, in my mind. And the Man of Steel 
version. Yeah. Uh, hasn't, didn't really feel like that to me where he's, he's, he's too emotional. He's too, uh, dark inside, um, right. is the feeling I get from it to really be that kind of shining beacon of hope that Superman is supposed to be. So right. to me, it seems like you've got to change Superman and I, I, you could recast it and that might be an easy way to do it, but I don't think there's any reason, you know, the same actor can't play it differently and you could even give it, you know, a, a story reason why his personality has changed a bit, you know, certainly maybe he's uh, had some closure on his Martha issues from, uh, mm-hmm. Batman v Superman and uh, Justice League events, and maybe now he's you know can can set his psychological issues aside and and be the good guy that we need. Right, and then, like I feel like Man of Steel tried to make Batman, uh, sorry Superman, into Batman with that like, darker tone. Mm-hmm. But uh, when Joss Whedon was brought on board, a lot of his reshoots involved Superman, and you can see like even the costume design was a little brighter. Um, but there was that infamous uh, the mustache that he had uh, when he was filming um, oh, yeah. Mission Impossible and Paramount like legally did not allow him to sh- shave his mustache for Justice League reshoots so Warner Brothers had to digitally remove the mustache and it looked awful. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually kind of hoping that was what the Snyder Cut was going to be was they go back uh-huh. in and digitally add a mustache to Superman throughout the rest of the scenes. I would totally pay to see that. Yeah, mustachioed <laughs> Superman. That's that's the Snyder cut that we need. Yeah, but I, I feel like the Snyder cuts it, it's it's great for HBO Max. Like it uh, fits in perfectly with um, kind of the streaming platform and uh, the way that um, companies are currently like selling um, the streaming platform. It's it's less mass market products that are trying to uh, appeal to like a four quadrant. Uh, demographics and rather yeah it's more niche it's about someone who cares Mm -hmm. about it enough to subscribe exactly and then once they're subscribed hopefully you know they'll they'll enjoy the other things that hbo max has to offer exactly Uh, and i guess speaking of that so when and where and how uh, is this actually all going to work like when is it released the how the where i guess is hbo max Uh, i had heard that they don't know yet if it's going to be a movie or maybe break it up into like a, a, a few episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do we have any um, anything set on, on all of that yet? Yeah, so from what I've heard, it's going to be six uh, 35 to 40 minute episodes. So it's going to be a mini series. Mm-hmm. And um, it's going to be sometime in 2021. So what I'm hearing is that they are in fact going to do reshoots with the original cast. So don't expect it on January 1st, 2021. Yeah. Uh, expect it later in the year. Um, yeah, but that's, because... that's good that they're, they're going to put some, some extra production behind it and, and hopefully, you know, give it, give it the extra work that it needs instead of just, you know, chopping up whatever they already have. Right. So all they have is principal phot- photography. So none of the VS, VFX work is done yet. So that, uh, that there's a lot of work to be done with the special effects, you know, initially and then any any reshoots that need to be added in yeah and how would you prefer it would you have wanted it to be these uh, multiple episodes six episodes or would you have liked to just have you know like a long two three hour movie maybe even four hours i like the episode format um i think it fits with the streaming platform and i think that you know it allows it to be a four hour movie because i think that's what it's going to end up being um and this way you can actually have that versus um them dropping a four-hour movie and people getting not as excited about that but here's the other thing like if you're competing with disney plus 
at Disney Plus is bringing on Marvel shows that have, you know, Falcon, Winter Soldier, you know, Scarlet Witch, and then you have HBO Max, and you have the DC property, and you have Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. You have all the heavy hitters in new in a new and what was once a theatrical level mm-hmm. product on your streaming platform versus you know the B team on Disney Plus. I would be a little worried. <laughs> oh, Krypton with a C R I. I guess now is a good time for a quick ad break, or it would be if we had any advertisers. We do have a Patreon, though. You want to tell the listeners about that? Sure. So it's patreon.com slash W-U-T-R. Pronounced water. Exactly. But it's spelled W-U-T-R. Water. Anyway, people who like our show, they can go to Patreon and support the show. If you donate $3 a month, you will get a call out in our end credits. And for $10 a month, you'll get the credits, call out, and access to our monthly Q&A live streams. Very cool. And with that support, we can hopefully make the podcast a lot better. The audience has been growing, so we really need to upgrade to some professional equipment. And hire a professional editor. Yeah, definitely. I guess that's it for the ad for now. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash water. W-U-T-R. And support the show if you enjoy listening each week. Now let's get back to whatever we were talking about. I've just feel, felt so guilty. I've been carrying around all day. So do you think this ultimately will help um, HBO Max more or will it help the um, theatrical performance of future movies more? I think it'll help HBO a lot. And from what I'm hearing, it needs help. It, it, it launched last Wednesday. No, maybe. So it, it launched on May 27th. And um, the first day signups were not where yeah. Warner Brothers was hoping. Yeah, I think I, I don't know if I posted on Facebook or, or Twitter or what, but I remember asking something like, um, you know, how and why is HBO Max different from HBO, HBO Go slash now? Right. So, yeah, I don't really know too much about HBO Max. Um, I don't know that I'll subscribe, uh, you know, for the Snyder Cut either uh, just given you know my my feelings on the dceu but certainly when the snyder cut snyder cut comes out uh maybe you can loan me your password so i can uh, watch it so we can talk about it i will not officially do that <laughs> <laughs> you, you will not uh uh break any terms of service oh no absolutely not that would be wrong so i think i think we gotta we gotta talk a little bit about joss joss whedon though um because okay. i so obviously you know he's he's well known from a lot of things but I guess especially so in the superhero world from his work on the MCU. How serious is the divide of just in general DC and Marvel fans? I think it's pretty big. I think, well, I think it's big when you talk about like the hardcore fans, the fandoms. I think that it is big and it's always been big. There's always been this rivalry between Marvel and DC. I think the mainstream audiences don't really know the difference, don't really care to know the difference. Yeah. But I think to real fans, it matters. And I think it matters even more when, when like a DC movie tries to be like Marvel. I think it's like sand in your eye. <laughs> in terms of it being like a betrayal, then um, is it a betrayal by, say, um, Josh Whedon of Marvel fans that he would go and direct a DC movie? Like, how dare he? Or is it a bigger betrayal of, um, you know, the DC mm-hmm. studio, or I guess in this case, who is it, Warner? Yeah. Uh, who would hire a Marvel person to come and oversee their dc movies what's what's the bigger betrayal there definitely warner brothers hiring joss whedon because marvel was done with joss whedon 
when he got hired. Uh, Age of Ultron came out, wasn't as good as the first one. Yeah. And uh, there were creative differences between um, uh, Joss Whedon and... Do you yeah. think there's less um, fan appeal to there? Like in terms of the MCU, obviously we talked last episode about the kind of casual viewers. So probably at the end of the day, a lot of those casual viewers and the mainstream audiences, they don't know it's Joss Whedon. They don't care it's Joss Whedon. Right. But the hardcore Marvel fans, do they look at it and think like, you know, Joss Whedon, he's he's one of us. Uh, it would be like the equivalent of, of you know, um, Chris Hemsworth going and showing up in, in um, you know, one of the Batman movies as some as someone. Uh, do they do they have do they feel any ownership of him at all? I don't think so, and I think the reason is because like Marvel's winning, they're on top, they're number one. Yeah. So you know it doesn't matter. But when you're kind of behind, then you kind of feel that, and you know when you're behind and playing catch up with you know with Marvel, you kind of feel that way. So if um, DC cast Chris Hemsworth to come and play the penguin in the next batman movie <laughs> marvel fans they would they'd be fine with it they wouldn't care no big deal I think so. dc fans on the other hand they might be outraged and saying how dare you bring marvel's thor mm-hmm. into our batman movie right i just like the idea of, uh, of chris hemsworth <laughs> playing the penguin <laughs> that would be hilarious <laughs> we gotta make that happen that's actually great casting but it, the similar situations kind of played out when where um, DC has brought in uh, James Gunn to direct the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Warner Brothers is not really hiding the fact that they want Suicide Squad to be their uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. This kind of new niche, um, kind of out there property that they're now bringing into the mainstream, not super popular to begin with. And then, you know, all of a sudden, like a big deal. You know, making a billion dollars out of something that's worth 15 cents. And then, of course, does any of this sell action figures? Are there going to be any um, Snyder Cut special edition action figures? Oh, I I would put money on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really the only, there's probably not too much merchandising or anything else from that. Just, just uh, really, it's about HBO Max subscriptions, I guess. That's the, yeah. the, the mo- money motive behind all of this. Has Zack Snyder come out and said anything yet publicly about the Snyder Cut and the, it's, uh, the fact it's going to be released? Yeah, so he was the one to announce it. He had a watch party for Man of Steel. Um, and at the very end, he let a fan ask him a question about the Snyder Cut. And he was like, yes, it's released. He had the poster ready to go. Uh, HBO Max 2021. Okay, so a, that was like a, a, a planned a planned moment for him he it was had a plant in the audience ready to ask the perfect question exactly so he, he knew it was coming yeah and all the traits were very like respectful they knew like this was a big deal for Zack snyder for the whole release the snyder cup movement yeah it's it you think that's because it's, it's also like vindication right for him like it <laughs> it must feel good creatively for the studio to come back and say you know we, we want we want to see your vision through and not only, you know, he will we allow you to cut together this, but we're actually going to fund mm-hmm. uh, additional shoots and, uh, you know, the, the special effects and all of that to do it the right way. Yep. So um, it's almost like, you know, he, he's he's getting to have uh, this thing that was essentially taken from him. A hundred percent. And they're giving him 20 to 30 million dollars. And um, we should also like give respect to like the active role that Zack Snyder took in in pushing the Snyder Cut. 
he has a he's very active on social media he has a very strong relationship with his fans um and so it wasn't something that just happened independent of him he was very much a part yeah of the releases the snyder cut movement he was you know part of it do you think that there's any bad blood still between him and the studio or is this um you know them making up oh if if there was, it's definitely gone now. I mean, no one gets a second chance like this. So this is huge. This is a huge deal. And like, if, if any bad blood is definitely buried at this point. So would we see him continue in the DCEU beyond this at all for future movies? I don't think so. I really think that this will be um, his chance to really tie up his vision and mm-hmm. and then the DC wants to move on. It already has things in the pipeline that are totally different than when Zack Snyder started. Um, and I think that um, Warner Brothers has realized that as a mass media commercial product, Zack Snyder is probably not the best fit with their brand. So they want to move in another direction. But I think that bringing Zack Snyder on to finish this um, you know, vision of, of what he had started will really like appease the fans and also bring those fans on board for future endeavors and kind of, you know, clear the air, get rid of this ghost that's hanging over the DCU and not not allowing it to really succeed in the way that, you know, other franchises have. And so when when did Justice League come out? 2017. uh, 2017? November 2017. And then this will be out in 2021. Right. So about four years Mm -hmm. um, between, between the two. Yeah. So fans have been waiting four years, then they'll finally get to see the original vision is, mm-hmm. I guess not specifically the original vision as it was planned, but but close to that, I guess, with some changes for the um, episodic release. Yeah, I think that would be even better because it won't have to be shrunk down to, you know, fit a theatrical release. You'll get like... Yeah, you won't have the restrictions. Exactly. And then obviously there's a lot going on in Justice League mm-hmm. with, um, you know, Wonder Woman, Batman, even Aquaman yeah, and, and everything. So having that kind of episodic format it allows you to you know take some time and really explore all the different elements in a bit more depth oh exactly i hear there's like an entire cyborg storyline that was totally cut from joss whedon's movie that really fleshes out uh that character in a way that you have never seen before Mm -hmm. what other big changes uh are in the snyder cut that, that we know of uh that you know, didn't make it into the Justice League. Uh, Apocalypse. Apocalypse is in this movie, and he was completely cut out of uh, the Justice League that we saw in theaters uh, in that movie. And for the um, mainstream fans out there, the not-so-hardcore fans, who or mm-hmm. what is Apocalypse? Apocalypse is like DC's Thanos. He's like the big bad. He's um, So the villain that you saw in Justice League was Steppenwolf, and he's the guy who kind of works for Darkseid. Oh, sorry. Did I say apocalypse? I meant dark side. <laughs> okay, because I was gonna say too. Um, didn't didn't uh, Olivia Munn fight apocalypse in some? That's X-Men right. Movie? That's right. Apocalypse is the X Men villain, but Dark Side lives on apocalypse. So apocalypse <laughs> okay. is a planet. Wait, so so Dark Side <laughs> lives on a Marvel supervillain. No. He's like a little parasite <laughs> on the on on that guy. He's a flea. <laughs> On some ancient Egyptian, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so, so, so in, Dark Side it lives on a planet called Apocalypse. Correct, yeah. So Dark Side is yeah, okay. the villain who lives on a planet Apocalypse, and uh, so Dark Side was cut out of the Justice League movie, but he will be in Snyder in, in Snyder Cut in the Snyder Cut. Yeah, well, hopefully more than 
more than like a Thanos appearance in the early MCU <laughs> where he's just, you know, setting on some planet up in space on a, a indistinguishable throne and he just right. turns to the camera and says, <laughs> I don't remember even what it was, you will be <laughs> just some sort yeah. of ominous one line at the end of the end of the movie. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, he's supposed to be the, the main villain. So uh, that'll be that'll be pretty interesting. Wow. So so essentially, they they cut the actual main villain from the entire movie, and somehow, I guess you could call it a movie. It somehow still was a movie. Yeah. I mean, I they, I think they were trying to build up to the fact that you know uh, he would be in the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. So he probably didn't get you know like a full arc because it was more of a a setup and a reveal of him, and they want to keep him for the future. Right. But the fact that they still cut it all out um what would probably have been a pretty big role and then basically just had the the superheroes left hanging out with a henchman right. essentially and you know dealing dealing with him another big thing that we should talk about is like like the ramifications of something like this happening like this is a big deal this is the first time that fans have gotten really involved in the creative process and kind of muscle their way into um studio execs making creative decisions yeah you know it used to be a top-down model where you know studio execs create something that they think fans want mm-hmm. and fans are happy to get whatever they get like nipples on a batman suit <laughs> exactly top-down decision exactly nobody asked for that yeah but like um, I think, especially with the internet, Twitter, hashtag activism, um, fans have gotten more vocal. Fans have become fandoms, mm-hmm. you know, and this is the first time that fans won. Yeah. You know, like they got what they wanted. They wanted that Snyder Cut released and the studio caved. Um, it wasn't like the studio was like, okay, we're going to do what's best for our bottom line, for our share- shareholders. Um, it was like, we're fine we'll give you what you want although you know i'm there there's definitely some good profit incentive here for them so i, I think you know ultimately they they found a way to make it work financially for them oh yeah if that wasn't the case i don't think that they would have bothered oh 100 um, certainly um just to you know just to appease a few fanboys you, you know it is good to see um the these kind of like the directors the behind the scenes people having some of this kind of uh fame and clout to, to throw around because you know you're used to uh you know the celebrities the act, like actors and actresses they're more the face of certain mm-hmm. things uh but then you know they don't necessarily have the creative vision uh behind it and so it can be really hard i think a lot of times um to 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 rally behind uh the right kind of like creative vision or you know story or whatever it might be because ultimately the actor they're just they're just playing the role they may not mm-hmm. care so much about the the grand scheme of things but for the director or for a writer, it's very personal. This is their whole story, and they want to have that vision told their way. Uh, and so it's interesting that people are, um, you know, that are, are, are flocking to this uh, this person, certainly Zack Snyder. But I think the same happened um, with James Gunn and the issues that he was facing when he was fired by uh, Disney. Mm-hmm. And um, it sounds like, you know, I, I don't know how much of that was, um, you know, fans outpouring support for him and things like that, but... Um, you know, the the cast certainly stepped in as well and said, you know, they want him back and everything. So, you know, we're seeing, I think, a lot more power given um, to people behind the scenes, which just seems a bit unusual because usually, you know, regular people didn't really know really who those people even were. You know, they didn't care who the director was. They didn't care who the writer is. Right. And now you're getting a lot of things like with Community even, you know, the TV show Community, 
Dan Harmon has a really big following because of that, and you know, same with Rick, Rick and Morty now. Um, so I think I think that's interesting, and um, it's going to be interesting, I guess, to see how that's used, not just in like um, you know business negotiations, but in terms of this kind of stuff, like actually where it actually matters on the final product, where the studio maybe doesn't have the final say because you know the fans are going to make uh, make the call by speaking out online and. And directors and writers and maybe even actors will get involved in uh, pushing uh, one direction over another. Oh, totally. Like you even look at the Justice League poster, it's Zack Snyder's Justice League is the full name of the the project. Oh, yeah. And just look at the font. Zack Snyder is huge. Justice League is small. You're talking about like DC's, you know, premier property. Yeah. This is their Avengers. And, you know, Zack Snyder is the one, you know, that's the selling point. Um, and I think that only works for like this new kind of niche audience that you're going after uh, on a streaming service and I think that it would be different if you're you're appealing to a more mass market yeah yeah and I kind of wonder you know how much is the MCU going to be able to maintain that kind of mainstream appeal because I, I think we're sort of just getting away from that really, really as a as a as a society you know there's there's not a lot that's mainstream anymore it's everything's so divided there's so much content so many different platforms to watch it on and everything so in a way, you, you you need to be able to speak to almost maybe you know a smaller audience, but that's a lot more dedicated and vocal about you know what it is that they want, and you give them that thing, and then you know they're going to be completely loyal and devoted, uh, and that's sort of I think how you're going to win a lot a lot on these streaming services because um, you know you look at Netflix and there's so many shows on there. Not every single person in the world watches Orange Is the New Black or um, uh, you know House of Cards but enough of them watch one of them at least that you know it makes Netflix as a whole uh, more mainstream because everybody wants one thing, one particular thing on Netflix. They want it quite a, quite a bit. Right. Marvel is the one thing that's kind of mainstream, kind of must-see viewing. Uh, they can consistently get a mainstream audience to go see their movies in a way that um, other, other fandoms, other studios, other properties really haven't been able to do. So the other big question is, uh, where does it end, right? You have a fandom that won and is now emboldened. So what are they going to want next? Are they going to want you to remake, you know, The Last Jedi? Because everyone kind of hated that movie too. So when you have like a vocal fandom like this, that's now empowered, like what's next? Where does it end? So basically, yeah, we could we could have, um, you know, a Rey is everyone's daughter. Just whose daughter do you want Rey to be? <laughs> Pick your movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe yeah. the future is, you know, Netflix's interactive models then where it's like that Bandersnatch uh, and more recently Kimmy Schmidt <laughs> episode where you choose your own ending. Um, maybe they just, you know, bring in five or six directors for every project. You say, here you go, you create whatever it is you want, and then we're going to let the fans, uh, you know, click the option they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've kind of opened Pandora's box, you know, you, you've you let the fans into the creative process, and now are they going to get out? I don't think so. I think that you've kind of awakened the beast here. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting to see like what will happen in the future with fans being more, increasingly more vocal and increasingly more in the driver's seat when making creative decisions. Because the thing is, like, what's driving these decisions is business, right? What's going to sell the most tickets? What's going to appeal to a broader audience? Those are the things that have generally driven creative decisions. And now um, you have the uh, directors and the the artists making it um, pushing for for 
creative license and now you have the fans on their side so it's it's going to be a real um t- uh, yeah, push and pull yeah but i think that with the emergence of you know the streaming platforms and the more niche um distribution you know models that you know it could it could evolve hollywood into something into something new yeah just just worry about you know if it's maybe too much power for for fans to have and like Uncle Ben said, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. So yes. are we going to be using uh, our newfound power responsibly or not? I think so. I, I, I honestly can't say if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I'm a little worried personally. I, I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing. I am very excited about the Snyder Cup, but we'll see what happens in the future. Yeah, well, we'll have to have another episode in a year from now, uh, maybe a little more than a year from now. Oh yeah. Once uh, it's available and you uh, loan me your HBO Max password, <laughs> uh-huh. and then we'll check it out and see, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All right. So I think next week um, maybe we'll talk about childhood superheroes. Yeah. And just kind of you know some of the um, favorites that we had growing mm-hmm. up, whether it was um, you know the aforementioned nipple suit Batman, or <laughs> um, I don't know Darkwing Duck even. Who who knows. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a little bit more personal episode. Well, look at that. You made it to the end of this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook at WUTR Podcast. If you like the show and want to support it, check out our Patreon at patreon.com WUTR. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Same bat channel.